You're listening to the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of theparkboard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Rique, your host of the show, being joined, as always, by the publisher of the Barkboard, Jackson Moore. And Jackson, are you are you ready for some turkey time, man? <laughs> it's, it's about that time of the year, I mean, where we uh, uh, gain about 10 to 15 pounds. <laughs> oh, I'm ready for the turkey. I got to make sure I don't put on any more pounds on this <laughs> Busy football season. Uh, I'm going to have to hit the treadmill here soon. (laughs) Absolutely. This is about that time where we just kind of sit on the couch, watch some football, keep eating turkey until we just can't, you know, eat anymore until it starts coming out of every orifice at that point. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's – I'm looking forward to kind of shutting it down for for a day or two. How about you? Yeah, but then uh, it'll start up pretty quick since the Bulldogs are playing Friday. So it's going to be a quick turnaround, and and then it's full speed ahead to the conference championship game. So this week feels kind of funky just because the Bulldogs, you know, they've already locked things up. There's not a lot of uh, uh, stakes on this week's game, but uh, it'll turn up here real quick after that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Bulldogs are playing on Friday, uh, you know, Black Friday to say the, to say the least, where uh, you know everyone can uh, can enjoy getting some uh, some things for their loved ones. But uh, speaking of which, Jackson, it's Black Friday, and of course, the Barkboard we we have our own special uh, of our own on the Barkboard, don't we? We do, and the best part about it is that you don't even have to wait till Friday, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's already underway, and Obviously, we're an online entity, so we like to celebrate Cyber Monday, too. Um, so from now, uh, it's already started all the way till Monday at 9 p.m. Pacific time. We've got our biggest sale of the year running for VIP membership. It's 75% off a full year. That's the biggest offer that we provide or that we give out all year long. Uh, sometimes it's only on Black Friday. So this is the time to grab a membership if you're not already a member get that year again only 75 percent off it's only two dollars and 24 cents a month it equates to over 12 months which is uh, not even nine quarters less about half of the price of a gallon of gas right now so uh real cheap offer is as cheap as we can offer it um the total price for the full year is uh, only 27 dollars so you get in you get the race to the conference championship game you get all the uh hot part of the recruiting cycle as signing day is right around the corner in December and then again in February and we're going to be entering a never before seen version of the transfer portal in December as well the floodgates will unlock on December 5th for that so you don't want to miss our VIP coverage all that and it's going to get you covered all the way around till this time next year so basically all the 2023 season so uh, perfect time to jump on board and uh, yeah, it's as cheap as we can offer it yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, it's the perfect time of the year to, to unleash a deal like this. And uh, for those of you who are on the fence and and really, you know, didn't want to spend the money, you have no excuses now. I mean, about two dollars fifty cents per month is what I, I heard you say, Jackson. Um, that's uh, that's nothing. 
Uh, I mean, you can't even buy lunch for that at the, these days. So, um, yeah, if you haven't done so already, uh, go ahead and, and, and take the, the plunge and, and do so. You will not be disappointed. Most of our uh, fans who have gone on the website and have made the plunge have never looked back. So if you have the opportunity to do so, I would highly suggest jumping on it and, so you can get all the latest news and updates of uh, Fresno State Athletics. So uh, it is is well worth the money um but jackson uh last week fresno state did what it needed to do to clinch a spot in the championship game uh by taking on nevada and and winning that game decisively and uh and now the the bulldogs are are, are essentially will have to make a trip to Boise to go play Boise. But before we start getting into that, let, let's recap what happened uh, against Nevada. And uh, it looked like the Bulldogs were, were, you know, clicking, so to speak, even though it was pretty dang cold over there in Nevada, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was what just my only concern about that game. I figured the Bulldogs were going to go in there and, and win pretty easily, but when you factor in that kind of weather, I mean, those are some, sometimes the games that can, get a little ugly, can be a little slow and, you know, just take a little bit longer to get there. But that was not the case at all. The Bulldogs came out as, as hot as possible with a three and out drive right down for a touchdown. I mean, before you knew it, it was 17 zero and the first quarter wasn't even over. So uh, they went out and set the tone very early and did everything they needed to do. Um, they didn't quite get the help earlier in the day from Boise state or in Wyoming. If the Cowboys would have won that game, it would have uh, extended a little more hope for the dogs for hosting perhaps or not having to face the Broncos, but um, that didn't deter the Bulldogs either or cause a slow start. I mean, it just feels like the Bulldogs, this game and the Hawaii game too, um, you know, some of the UNLV game, is, it feels like the team we expected to see all year and did not see for the first uh, six or seven weeks of the season. Yeah, yeah, and... Um... It was uh, it was good to watch the Bulldogs actually not have to worry about uh, losing a lead at, at any point in that game. Um, made things a lot more comfortable uh, for the Bulldogs, and you can see that they were a lot more relaxed, so to speak, in this game. Um, even though, Jackson, I mean, I can see it on their faces. It was cold. <laughs> they, they were not loving life uh, uh, that night as far as uh, the weather was concerned. Yeah, it definitely was cold. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I didn't get to make the trip to Reno. I was in the Bay Area for covering a game for 24-7 sports before the Bulldogs kicked off. And it was about 50 degrees and windy, and I was freezing at that game. (laughs) So I can only imagine. I was thinking, man, I'm pretty miserable right here. I can't imagine how they feel over in Reno tonight. And you could see after the game, they were still real juiced up about the results. But. I think there were some comments about guys not being able to feel their fingers and that kind of stuff when they were doing interviews. So, uh, yeah, they, they got put through the elements and who, you know, they could see something similar in Boise in a couple of weeks when they head over for the championship game. I'm sure it's not going to be all that pleasant the weather for that one, but it will be. Keep in mind, if you haven't noticed yet for Bulldog fans, this game in Boise for the championship will be an afternoon game. It will not be well after dark like the past couple of championship games have been that Fresno State's been a part of. It will be under the sun. So uh, as long as there's no precipitation, it should be not quite as bad as anything they saw in Reno. 
Yeah, this uh, I'm not looking forward to the Boise game at all. Um, I just I don't like it when the Bulldogs travel to Boise, but you know it is what it is. They got to do it because Boise for <laughs> you know the the luck they had during the beginning of the season and how they were able to just kind of turn things around. It's typical Boise, right, Jackson? Um, well, yeah, and I'm looking at a high of 24 degrees even during <laughs> the day. That <laughs> yeah. Monday, if you're making the trip, I'll be there, and I'll uh, I'm gonna have to go already grab a couple more layers than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, you better wear those long johns, uh, Jackson. Uh, that's it's not gonna be one of those where you can just stand out there. I mean, if you're not moving around, you're you're gonna freeze. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, that game is going to be uh, interesting to watch. Um, hopefully the weather stays clear um, and you don't pick up some snow like you did last time you were there. Because uh, yeah. that, that uh, last time you were there, you had snow, right? Yeah, well, the last championship game I was there, it was, was snowy and it was cold, but it was sure worth it to see how that game ended with uh, Ronnie Rivers getting into the end zone. Um, but, yeah, it's not fun when it's that cold and things don't go the Bulldogs way. <laughs> No, no. It, it makes for a very long night when you're that cold. Um, but uh, as far as, you know, players of the game in this passing matchup, uh, it looked like more the same. Hayner throwing um, for a lot of yards in this one and looked very sharp. Um, and, uh, you know, Cropper also um, doing his thing uh, in this game. Were you at all surprised that they were able to, to do what they did against Nevada there? Um, you know, not surprised, but just it just looked easier than I thought it was gonna. I, you know, Nevada's not a very good team, but again, it's, this was a game that that could have gotten a little uglier than uh, in terms of being a slow, maybe a little more physical. It was senior night for Nevada; they had some things going for them, and also they brought out uh, quarterback Nate Cox, who I thought was not going to be uh, as good of a matchup for the Bulldogs as Shane Illingworth would have been, who had started the past couple of games. Cox has some more mobility and. Uh, while it didn't do much for Nevada for the first 30 minutes of the game, he did ultimately score two touchdowns. So uh, they did eventually see him uh, make a, an impact. But yeah, all the usual suspects. I mean, Hayner, 361 yards with two touchdowns. He punched two in on the ground as well for four total touchdowns. Cropper had 136 yards through the air. Jordan Mims ran for 150 and a touchdown across the 1,000 yard mark. Um, David Perales had a big game on defense, even got an interception. That was cool to see. Um, and then maybe a few unfamiliar faces, like Magdalena caught his first touchdown pass since 2020, and he, he was more active in the receiving game. But Josh Kelly sidelined uh, coming off of the UNLV injury. And Carlton Johnson uh, made quite a few plays as well. Two tackles for loss from cornerback. Uh, he saw his most action, I believe, of the whole season. Uh, he made the big play, the pick against San Diego State, uh, but came up, has come off the bench the last couple of games since then, and he uh, ended up playing the majority of the game at cornerback opposite of uh, Cam Walker. So um, there was a little bit of a mix, but yeah, I mean, if you would have shown me this box score uh, back in August, I would have thought, all right, dead on. This is the Fresno State team that we all predicted and took a little while to get here, but uh, we're seeing the offense doing everything we expected now. Yeah, absolutely. The offense is seeming, seemingly coming together at the right time. Whether or not they'll be able to maintain that against Wyoming, who is going to be a, a, a lot stronger than what Nevada was able to put up 
um, is going to uh, is remain to be seen. Um, but let's go back to the the David Perales played uh, Jackson. Um, that one kind of took me took me by surprise that he was able to just pick that ball off as close as he was to the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I believe that was the first defensive lineman to pick off a pass for Fresno State since 2018. And that was Michael Walker, who ended up being a linebacker anyway. <laughs> you got to have quite a bit of athleticism to make that kind of play. And yeah, he was right there, made a big play. And also impressive is that there were quite a few defensive backs that were in position to make picks in that game. And oh, there were a lot of drops. I know when LJ early got his interception, it was like, oh, finally, one of them, <laughs> one of them got, got it this time. Uh, so for a defensive lineman to make that play and, and even run 21 yards, on top of David Prowse being one of the best in the nation in sacks right now, he's just been on a total roll, which has been also a huge factor on defense. Again, kind of like the offense, a little bit of a slow start for, for Perales. I mean, tough competition the first couple of weeks, but you know, now that he's settled in, he's just been racking up sacks the last few weeks. Now, the funny part is I was at practice today and uh, I overheard uh, an interview happening with David Perales and they were giving him a little bit of a little bit of flack, uh, asking him about his interception. And uh, uh, he he was saying that after he made that interception, he he basically ran out of steam. His legs were so heavy uh, and they were making fun of him because they said, you only ran for 15 yards, dude. <laughs> so uh, that just goes to show you how hard he goes on every play that he, he gives everything he has. And, uh, and by the time he made the interception, he already was out of steam, so to speak. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of funny to, to watch them kind of interact with him and, and give him a little, a little bit of flack on that, uh, on that particular play. But, uh, Fresno State's defense, it looks like it's starting to, to come alive a little bit as well as the offense. So this could be an intriguing matchup heading into, into Friday night, uh, against Wyoming, who, um, did uh, did end up losing to Boise, but they did not lose by much, Jackson, if I recall. Yeah, that's right. It was a tight game. Um, the Broncos ended up winning by just three points. And, uh, man, if Wyoming had any semblance of a passing game, they probably would have won. Uh, I can't recall ever seeing a stat line like this. Their Cowboys quarterback, Jaden Clemens, who's the backup, their starter, Andrew Peasley, got hurt the week before. And we're kind of on standby to see if maybe Peasley will come back this week and, and play against the Bulldogs or not. But Clemens it went three for 16 for 30 yards with three interceptions. That was the entire passing day for the Cowboys. Meanwhile, they ran for 278 yards on 8.7 yards per carry with two touchdowns. So that explains why they were able to stay competitive in this one. But yeah, uh, even despite the total ineptness of their passing game, they were right there. Um, Broncos scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter to put it away. Um, But up until then, uh, Wyoming had every possibility of winning that game. So definitely expecting a uh, tough opponent coming into Valley Children's Stadium this week. and Kind of tough, too, because if you're Fresno State, I mean, you don't want to have any bad momentum with the loss, nor do you want to risk any major injuries, uh, even in a win, before you go to Boise State for the one that really matters. So kind of a tricky week here, um, mixed in with a short week and Thanksgiving and everything. It's going to be a tough one, and uh, <laughs> right. we'll see how it pans out. <laughs> well, the 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 one thing that uh, the Bulldogs are going to have to contend with is 
just how hard do they go? Um, my my initial reaction would be they're going to go as hard as they can for the first, at least for the first half of this game. Try to get it out of reach early on uh, so that in the second half they can rest a lot of their starters. That That's my gut reaction. My second reaction would be uh, it's going to be a very long night for the Bulldogs if they can't figure out how to stop the run of Wyoming. <laughs> you know, Wyoming to put up uh, over 200 yards against Boise State, that is uh, impressive. And uh, and it's definitely going to be an issue for the Bulldogs. Um, now, depending on which quarterback the, the Bulldogs are going to be facing, that could uh, determine how they're going to play that defense. But I'm guessing, Jackson, that Wyoming is not going to tip their hat as to which quarterback's coming in, are they? Right. My hunch would be that Peasley's not going to be ready. Um, the injury occurred just the week before Boise, and it sounds like he wasn't too active in practice. Um, it sounds like he wasn't suited up or anything, you know, not not warming up or anything that game against the Broncos. So would stand to be reasonable that he might have a little more of a way to go. Um, but even with him in there, they're still better. <laughs> they're better offense, but it's not a very uh, threatening passing game. They're still a run first team, even when he's out there. Um, so this is a game, yeah, where if Fresno State can find a way to score a lot of points early and pull away, uh, Wyoming is not a team that's built to catch up and would serve Fresno State very well. But uh, as good as Fresno State's offense is, it's not going to be as easy as it sounds. This is a Wyoming defense that is pretty strong. I mean, they did hold the Broncos to 20 points. They gave up almost 500 yards, so it wasn't a perfect day by any means on defense. But whenever you see Boise State held at only 20 points, that really stands out. Uh, they forced uh, three or, or they forced uh, two fumbles, uh, so that helped their cause as well. But they, the Broncos, did put up 25 first downs to 11 for Wyoming. One of those weird games, and that's the thing that you worry about is that it just turns into a weird night where the Cowboys are able to stay within distance and. If they can control the time of possession, that's another way. You know, we've already seen the Bulldogs struggle with that against UNLV recently, against Boise State earlier this year with those running games, uh, just eating up the clock and keeping the game tight. So, uh, really, whichever team is able to set the tone and control the tempo uh, could dictate the way the rest of this one goes. But expecting Fresno State to be full speed, play all the starters, none of that kind of resting or anything. If they unless they can get a big lead perhaps maybe if a player or two are dinged up they won't risk them in this game maybe they'll hold them out but uh, I don't expect to see any major changes for the Bulldogs they're treating this game as if it was as important as any other game on the schedule to this point now I'm going to make a prediction here I'm I'm saying the Bulldogs are going to come out and and they're going to they're going to test Wyoming early they're, they're going to try and launch some some uh, some deep passes, maybe uh, some some uh, plays, and try and 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 put pressure on Wyoming early on by getting a couple of quick scores. If they're able to do that and kind of shift Wyoming's game plan, uh, then maybe um, things will work out more in uh, Fresno State's favor uh, to kind of take away that running game of Wyoming. I don't know, Jackson. Uh, am I off base here? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, if the Bulldogs can move the ball through the air, I mean, I'm sure they will to some degree as good as they are, but if they can dominate through there, I mean, I think this game will be very telling within the first 15 minutes, whether Fresno State jumps on the Cowboys and gets the lead 
and can coast or uh, you know you're going to start to worry a little bit <laughs> if that first quarter ends and it's tight and you know the Cowboys have maybe held the ball for eight to ten minutes uh, you can probably realize it's going to be a, a long night that's going to go down to the wire but uh, this is also a game where Fresno State can Hainer uh, can come out and hit a big one to Cropper or Marino Cropper and hit a big one to Remigio and could be just about over after that <laughs> with as low as uh, Wyoming produces on offense. Um, I mean, they were just one for 10 on third downs with uh, against Boise State, which has kind of been a, an issue for the Bulldogs, a third down defense. So uh, as well, if they can just hold their own in the trenches, uh, they should be able to, to be able to handle this Wyoming rushing attack. And, uh, and uh, I agree with you. The key is going to be the Fresno State offensive line. If they can give Hayner time, um, it, the ability to, to just – get a few more seconds to look downfield, um, there's got to be one of those receivers wide open um, because the Fresno State's receivers are just too good um, to not get open. Uh, the problem that's been all season has been the time for, for Hayner. Uh, we've seen him on, on his back more times than we would like to see. But if, if they can figure out a way to get this offensive line to just give him enough time, Fresno State will take those shots early, uh, try and jump out to to a healthy lead really quickly. Then that'll put pressure on Wyoming to change their game plan because now you can't just run it. <laughs> You're behind. You're going to need to get some points. So, um, yeah, that, that, I think that that's the route that I'm thinking uh, Fresno is going to come out and trying to do to try and put this one away early so that they can get some rest for their, their star players. But, uh, you know, that's that's why we we do the podcast and we're not on the sidelines coaching, right, Jackson? <laughs> and uh, that's a big matchup that you pointed out because not only has Fresno State's alignment kind of up and down, but Wyoming is the number two team in the conference in creative sacks. They've got 31 this year. So uh, for that side of the ball, at least, that should really dictate what happens with the dogs and, and how they're going to be able to run away with this one and, and make some big plays happen or if it's going to turn into a, a gritty game, which historically these Wyoming games have for Fresno State have been gritty matchups, but uh, the Bulldogs haven't had too many uh, passing attacks like they have against the Cowboys uh, in recent years. And even last year with all the talent Fresno State had, or if you remember that was a game they decided to just pound the ball pretty much all night to try to get the running game in the gear. So um, hopefully we see uh, the passing attack unleashed, but it's all going to start in the trenches first. Yeah, and that's the key. Uh, we're going to call that our key of the game is going to be the offensive line for Fresno State. Depending on how they play is how this game is going to go because uh, I'm not too worried about the defense. Um, I'm more worried about Hayner being on his back. Um, so that's going to be the key is keeping him upright and having plenty of time to find the open receiver because when he has time, he'll pick you apart, right, Jackson? Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, we've seen it whenever he has time, which has been a lot more lately, too. Uh, we've seen them take a lot more deep shots in our insider game notes this past week. Uh, one of our favorite VIP perks were able to go in and see how uh, all the players grade out on film and get some advanced stats and dig in deeper into the analytics uh, of the team. And uh, the Bulldogs threw more deep shots in Reno than they did in the first four games of the season, which Jake Hayner played two and a half. And part of that is play calling, which has changed pretty dramatically the last couple of weeks. And part of it is the O-line play, which has improved the last couple of weeks too. So a combination of the O-line improving and some more aggressive play calling, I think, has really 
been able to let all the, the Bulldog weapons just kind of fall into place and do what they do. All right. So now we're going to hit our, uh, you know, our usual breakdown of, um, of the game. So let's, let's, let's take a look at the matchup here. So let's, let's start off Fresno state's offense taking on Wyoming's defense. What do you see happening here? What are the keys? Yeah, just kind of focusing more on Wyoming side of things since we, we talked about the dog. Um, you know, they've been a pretty tough defense. They've been kind of average as, as far as the, the conference standings go or the, the stats. You know, there's not one. They're probably, I mean, probably sacks is the thing they do best, but they've just been kind of solid uh, otherwise. Um, you know, they're not first, second, or third. They're not 10th, 11th, or 12th. <laughs> Most stats, uh, you look at passing yards, rushing yards, um, even third down conversions uh, kind of t- more, more towards the top, but still in the, the middle of the pack. So they're just kind of solid and they've played really good team football with, with uh, an offense that again is, is kind of middling, but runs the ball and just this team kind of makes plays when they need to, at least that's been the trend for most of this season. Um, so they do enough to stay in games and that's going to be the challenge here uh, because if the defense does enough to stay in games, you know, we've seen what happened with uh, even in the wins against San Diego State and UNLV. You know, the game wasn't too far off a play or two away from becoming very different. So uh, that's kind of the, the tough, hard-nosed defense you're going to get from Wyoming. Um, they do have a couple of standouts uh, to them. Uh, Easton Gibbs, especially linebacker, is going to be one tackle away from 100 tackles on the season coming in, just a sophomore from Temecula. Uh, so he's one to watch for as far as the guys that create those sacks. Uh, Devon Harris leads the way. He's got seven and a half this year. A six foot four sophomore from Minnesota, two twenty five pound edge rusher. Um, they've got basically all of the the ends are the guys that you're going to be most concerned about. They've got um, about three different edge players that will cycle in and out and, and try to create those sacks the most. And then on the interior, which Fresno State has uh, had some good practice with the last couple of weeks. Nevada and uh, San Diego State have had some really good interior defensive linemen. The Cowboys do have one there. Uh, Jordan Bertignoli, uh, he is also a pretty solid defensive tackle in the middle who can get some pass rush going. Uh, it's kind of tough from that position to get good stats, and he's one of those guys. So uh, a rather young group, um, but they've been very productive up front, and just kind of good enough uh, on the back end of the defense. Yeah, and and one thing also uh, on Fresno State's offense, uh, Moreno Cropper isn't he close to uh, reaching a thousand yards, Jackson, or did he reach it last game? Yeah, so um, Jordan Mims hit a thousand rushing yards, but Moreno Cropper is knocking on the door for a thousand receiving yards. He's got nine hundred and seventy-one, ah. um, so he's almost there. Um, he doesn't have yet as many receptions or touchdowns as he did last year. You know, people have been making the Marino Cropper versus Remigio thing all season long, but he has already crushed uh, his season high for yards. He had 899 last year, which was his best in his career. You know, as, as long as he just gets on the field for Wyoming, the championship and boy, uh, the bowl game, he will uh, most likely shatter a thousand yards and be well beyond his career high for yards and maybe catch up in receptions and touchdowns too. Uh, probably receptions, but touchdowns might be a, uh, a ways off. He's got five compared to 11 last year, so that, that might be one number he doesn't catch this year. 
Yeah, but uh, being a thousand yard receiver and a thousand yard um, running back is going to be the first time Fresno State's had one in quite some time, right, Jackson? Uh, you know, two two of the uh, on the same two players with a thousand yards. Yeah, the Bulldogs haven't even had a thousand yard rusher since 2014, I believe. Martez Waller hit that mark. Hard to believe it's been that long, but uh, there was a few rough years there, <laughs> and. Uh, Jordan Mims and Ronnie Rivers kind of uh, were in that committee for so long with some other players too along the way where no one running back really got the opportunity to hit a thousand yards. So uh, Jordan Mims has hit it now. And um, yeah, the one-two combo with rushing and receiving, that's been a little while too. Yeah, so that's going to be exciting to see uh, Moreno Cropper uh, hopefully get the yards he needs this upcoming game and uh and eclipse the thousand yard mark uh so keep an eye on that one so you said he has 972 right at 971 so 971 just a uh, 29 yard catch away 29 yards so that's all we gotta look for 29 yards <laughs> so we'll keep an eye on that one uh during this game to see if he uh eclipses the 1000 yard mark and then uh and then uh, it'll it'll be official uh, 2000 yard players on the team. So, um, hopefully that will happen this game and not in the championship game. So we'll see, uh, next Jackson, uh, let's break it down. Uh, Fresno state's defense against Wyoming's offense. Yeah, they the Cowboys. I mean, no secret to what they do. It's all going to be with the running game, regardless of their quarterback situation. They're just a team that likes to pound the ball between the tackles and, I think that'll be a good test for the dogs before Boise because if you'll remember uh, the last time Fresno State lost, which was on the Blue turf, uh, the Broncos ran for over 300 yards and it just seemed like the Bulldogs weren't equipped enough to handle that O-line and that running attack and um, to sustain it for four quarters, the Bulldogs just broke down in the second half. And we've seen teams have success on the ground against Fresno State since then, but um, not an overwhelming amount. Um, we've seen teams uh, more so be able to combine a rushing attack with a mobile quarterback. That's what we saw against San Diego State. The Aztecs didn't run the ball between the tackles as well as they typically do against Fresno State, but they had that quarterback that was very mobile and made things tough. Same thing at UNLV. Um, you know, Doug Brumfield picking up 60 yards on the ground in addition to a pretty solid day from the running backs makes for a challenge for Fresno State. So the Cowboys are not going to have that element of a dual-threat quarterback to go with their rushing attack. Um, it's going to be more traditional, and we'll see if the Bulldogs, you know, they will be able to approach this game as a one-dimensional offense, and it should bode well. It's just going to show if Fresno State has the guys on the D-line to handle that level of a O-line and rushing attack before they go to Boise which is a team that's going to, as we already saw before, mix in that mobile quarterback threat that has been Fresno State's biggest trouble. But first and foremost, you got to stop between the tackle rushing, and that's exactly what the Bulldogs will see from the Cowboys. I think the D-line has improved quite a bit since then. There's some players that have stepped up. Uh, Johnny Hudson's much more in a groove. He got a, kind of a late start to the season and it's looked a lot better since that Boise game. Uh, Matt Lawson has contributed quite a bit lately and he's been doing very well uh, and of course um, you've got Devo Bridges who has been just about solid there all year long 
perhaps the Bulldogs get Leonard Payne back. Uh, hopefully they get him back before the championship game. But if he's able to be cleared for this one, that would go a long way as well. Um, again, not much to worry about in the passing game. Uh, it's all going to be what happens in the trenches on, on that side of the ball. Yeah, that's going to be uh, uh, interesting to watch um, and see if the Bulldogs are uh, able to, uh, to to win that matchup. So hopefully uh, this is going to work out in the favor of the Bulldogs. Like we said earlier, Jackson, we want to see the, the Bulldogs come out firing uh, early and often to try and, and get this game out of reach early on so that uh, they can coast the rest of the game. Um, even when they start coasting Jackson, we kind of see them kind of struggle a little bit as soon as they start putting in those second team players. Um, is that a concern? Um, I think the biggest concern has been on defense where uh, against Hawaii, Bullock just about had a shutout. And the backups gave up two scores. And again, in Nevada, the, the other team, the Wolfpack put up a score late. Um, so at least this is a case where there won't be much schematics for the reserve defenders if they can even have the opportunity to get them out there. You know, based off of the Boise State Wyoming game, it's going to take a, a big showing for the Bulldogs to get that opportunity. But uh, if they do, it'll be just more about physicality and playing sound defense than it will be reading everything that some of these other teams do. Yeah, and so uh, you know, it's it's a great opportunity for players to get their uh, experience in. And, uh, and get those players up and running. So uh, we'll see what happens is if some of those players will get an opportunity to play in this upcoming game. Uh, since it is a senior week, um, we may see some uh, seniors who haven't played much uh, all year get in at certain opportunities. Um, so keep an eye on that one. But uh, Jackson, because uh, the... The whole run has been um, the conference run has has really ran its course at this point. There's no need for us to to check in on other games other than we know now the championship game is Fresno State Boise. Fresno State is, has to head over to Boise regardless if they win or lose uh, this week. And so let's let's dig into that game, Jackson. Uh, Fresno State taking on Boise, who l- let's face it, started off the year. Uh, not too hot. End up firing their off uh, their offensive coordinator, uh, losing their starting quarterback, and then going on a run undefeated. <laughs> yeah, only, only in big, Boise. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> now, that's the big thing to remember is that uh, Fresno State is about as different as can be compared to the last time they went to Boise. Of course, Jay Kaner was hurt. Evan Williams was hurt. Um, Josh Kelly was hurt. He might be hurt again here. We'll wait and see. But, I mean, they were were missing key pieces. And Logan Fife was just in a second start. They were just coming off of a UConn loss. And uh, even the fact that they played as competitively as they did felt like a win. But the thing that uh, is to keep in mind here is that as different as the Bulldogs are as they were, I mean, this Boise State team has gotten a lot better, too. Uh, they were just two games removed from all the drama that you mentioned. Their offensive coordinator had been fired. Uh, quarterback at the transfer portal. Uh, a redshirt freshman's coming in who's you know, not has the greatest arm, more of a mobile quarterback. And uh, we saw them have success against San Diego State and then Fresno State. And now uh, they've been just on a different level from what they were way back in October, early October. So 
uh, Fresno State is going to bring a much better team than they brought a few weeks back to, in that matchup, but the team that they're going to face from Boise State is also much improved, at least on the offensive side of the ball. I know they've had some injuries on defense, but they continue to be very solid on that side of the ball too. Yeah, and uh, that's going to be the the key is, um, you know, Fresno State didn't really get to show everything they had uh, against Boise, so maybe, just maybe, it'll catch Boise a little off guard. <laughs> Uh, not seeing all the players that they said that they saw last time, they're going to have a lot more different weapons coming at them this time. So uh, I don't know, Jackson, do, do you think that in itself will make a huge difference? Oh, absolutely. And then the players that were there, I mean, talk about a change in confidence level from coming off of a UConn loss to now will be seven straight wins because if they can get this one this weekend before they go to Boise, if not, I mean, six out of seven wins is still a much better situation than they were in back in the last time they went to the blue turf. Plus, knowing you're missing all your players, there's so many key guys. And you talk around the team, this is the matchup they wanted. They wanted Boise. They wanted it on the blue turf. They want to redeem themselves. And, um, you know, this is group. Not many guys are still around from that 2018 team that won the championship. There's a couple, but not many. And most of these guys, their only experiences against the Broncos have been the blowout in what was Bulldog Stadium last November and then what happened earlier this year. So they don't want that to be their legacy against Boise State. They want to go to that blue turf and get that win. And they're going to be riled up to do it next week. Yeah. And that's, uh, that hopefully that'll be enough to kind of, propel them into this matchup and and giving it all they have um again uh the prospects of having a warm game uh, not happening <laughs> not <in> Boise. <laughs> it's gonna be cold people it's gonna be cold so if you're gonna make that trip uh make sure you take enough uh layers so to speak because uh yeah uh, that that's gonna be a chilly game um, but that being said, Jackson, uh, you know, the winner out of this one is of course going to have an opportunity to play. I believe it's going to be the LA bowl, right? Uh, if, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that'll be the case. Um, you know, it's not, I don't believe it's 100%, but it is most likely the case. The champion will basically go to the LA bowl and they'll get to play a pac 12 school. And I mean, you'll probably see, it's supposed to be the fifth place Pac-12 school, but they are knocking on the door for the playoff, or they could get two New Year's Six bowl games. So, might bump it down to, to sixth place. Probably like a Washington State might be in there. There's been a lot of projections for Washington and Oregon State that have been at the lower end of the top tier of the conference. They've got six ranked teams right now. So, I mean, this back most years the Mountain West win a lot of Pac-12 games, and you feel like. A lot of teams could hang in the Pac-12, but they've uh, figured something out this year with the portal and with some of the offenses in that conference. So even if it is a fifth or sixth place team, it's going to be a good one for whichever team uh, advances, whether it's Fresno State or Boise State. So that brings me into my next segment. Okay, so we've got uh, we've got the LA Bowl, which we may or may not be the bowl that the conference champion goes to. It's not 100% yet, right, Jackson? Uh, that's what I'm getting from you. Yeah, it, most likely it would take something bizarre, I would say, for it not to happen. But you can pretty much count on the winner advancing to that game. 
All right, so that leaves us now with the remaining bowls that uh, are affiliated or have a connection with the Mountain West. Um, so say the Bulldogs do not win this uh, championship. What are going to be the other prospects? Yeah, that's where it gets a little tricky because, you know, as I just mentioned for the L.A. Bowl, uh, the Pac-12 is supposed to send their fifth-place team. You know, they've got quite a pecking order, but and that's how most conferences do it, but it's just not how the Mountain West does things. Uh, after the LA Bowl, it's pretty much a, a crapshoot after that. There's uh, about four other bowls, and there's really no pecking order. It's more, just more about fit than it is about who's second or who's fifth, even. And so that makes things tricky. And then the, the Mountain West also has several partial bowl tie-ins where they can try to get a team to. There's a couple at-large bowl games that the Mountain West could be involved in. So that's where it especially gets tricky for a Fresno State who might have, or, or, or a Boise State, you know, whoever loses that game is going to have an impressive resume and probably be better than one of the typical Mountain West Bulls, and they might try to get them somewhere. Um, usually the two bowl games that are the most likely second options that they might try to squeeze into would be the First Responders Bowl or the Frisco Bowl. Both of those are in Texas. Both of those would likely get better matchups than the typical Mountain West Bowl games. Um, but the ones that are locked in for the conference are familiar names. You've got the Hawaii Bowl, the Idaho Potato Bowl in Boise. You've got the um, Arizona Bowl, which Fresno State has not competed in yet, which would make that a potential option, maybe more so than the other one. You've also got um, the New Mexico Bowl, which Fresno State just played in last year. So there are um, uh, a lot of the... Uh, usual suspects places where uh, it doesn't really excite the Fresno State fan base probably a, a whole lot. But if you miss the LA Bowl, there's still a chance you can get something a little more exciting than kind of the status quo. Yeah, and, and we've got to remember also, uh, last week, uh, because of Utah State's win, they became bowl eligible. So now there is seven bowl eligible teams in the Mountain West. And uh, uh, will the Mountain West be able to place every single one of those teams? Yeah, so that's what, again, that also motivates the conference too here to, to get creative because there are only five guaranteed bowl slots for the conference, and then they've got one backup spot. Uh, that's another one where if Fresno State or a Boise State could get in there for the guaranteed rate bowl. You'd get a Big Ten or a Big 12 opponent to, if one of those conferences can't fill that spot. And then they've got four other tie-ins that are kind of at-large or um, shared bull bids. As mentioned, the, the First Responder Bowl and the uh, Frisco Bowl are involved with that too. But you've also got the Boca Raton Bowl, the Cure Bowl, which are both in Florida. Um, not Probably not ideal to send one of your better teams out to one of those bowl games, but uh, they can also be used to make sure everyone gets a spot. So. Um, the last few years, there's been so many bowls that even some five-win teams have gotten some bowl games. So uh, it would take a lot of bowl-eligible teams and uh, probably a, an unfortunate scenario for someone to get left out. So even if uh, uh, UNLV, say, were to win this week and they were 5-7, and seven, they could potentially still make it into a bowl game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they could uh, at least have their hopes up. Um, the last couple of years, it's been... If it comes to that, it is decided by um, the APR for the football programs, which is academic-based. So um, 
it doesn't necessarily mean that the more prestigious academic schools are, are in line first, but they do often tend to have the better APR scores by <laughs> uh, a product of what they do on the, the classroom. All right. So here's the other scenario. All right. So best case scenario, Fresno State wins the conference championship, goes into the loss the uh, L.A. Bowl. We know that one. We would know if they go to the L.A. Bowl, we know they've won the conference. That's, you know, one way to go. All right. Now, if they don't win the conference, uh, other bowls, best case scenario, worst case scenario. Yeah, best case would be probably, I mean, probably not for the fans, but for the team. You know, the, I think the guaranteed rate bowl, which I believe is in Arizona, it used to be the Cheez-It Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, would at least get you the Power 5 opponent, but that's not as much of a guarantee. Um, you know, things have to work out the Mountain West way to get one of those spots, whereas um, they are more likely, they often send teams to that first responder bowl or the Frisco Bowl, uh, you might be able to match up with, say, an SMU or you know someone out of the American Athletic Conference that would be ready to go to get into that game, uh, which they have several uh, very solid teams, and probably the champion's going to be going to the uh, New Year's Six Bowl, but they've got about three or four other really good teams that would make for some good matchups. I think as far as the football is concerned, even though it would be out in Texas, that would probably be Fresno State's best bet to have a, a good game. Um, if it is more so in the regular Mountain West Bowl pool, then uh, I would probably put my money on it. The Arizona Bowl being the destination that's closest. Fresno State hasn't been there, but the downside is it is a game against the Mac school, which probably not going to be all that exciting uh, for the fan base or for the uh, national audience. So that's out there. Um, worst case, uh, uh, again, probably less about um, <laughs> about the game itself, but just the circumstances. You know, Fresno hasn't been to Hawaii this year, and Hawaii <laughs> does not have their own team to put into that bowl. So, no, not Hawaii. Um, you know, if you're Fresno State, maybe you go nine and five. You want to reward the team. I mean, one of those teams is going to be out there: San Diego State, Fresno State, Air Force. Someone is going to have to probably go to that bowl game, and that one is also no longer against an American athletic school it's against conference USA. So the competition is downgraded a bit over there. Um, and it's on Christmas Eve, which is not the most fun and takes away a lot of the traveling opportunities for the fans. So, um, while probably not the worst bowl game available, I think that would be kind of, uh, the least fun way for most fans to end the season. Unless, uh, I don't know. Maybe some fans think differently, if, but <laughs> I, I know I don't like working on Christmas Eve, so hopefully <laughs> right? uh, that's not the case. <laughs> Unless some fans want to go to the islands on Christmas, uh, that's not the ideal bowl game for for anyone. Uh, I would take the New Mexico Bowl over the Hawaii Bowl anytime, um, just plainly because travel is a nightmare. Uh, at that time of the year, uh, you know, if you want to go to Hawaii, it's it's nasty to travel. Um, New Mexico, you can, you could potentially drive if you wanted to. So <laughs> yeah, uh, there's, uh, there's all kinds of different scenarios. Uh, Jackson went over those. Um, and, uh, I don't know, uh, what, what is your ideal, uh, bowl game out there, uh, folks? So if you want to, if you want to share with us on our boards, what, where would you like to see the Bulldogs head to, uh, go over to our, our, uh, our boards and, and post there and, and, 
let us hear what you think um, about uh, where you think they should end up. Uh, comment on our uh, podcast link so we can hear from you. Um, what do you think, Jackson? Good idea. Let's let's get these fans to tell us where they want to go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, hopefully it all works out where it's available, where it's easy to travel to, pack full opponent, good way to finish the year, 10th win on the line. I mean, that would be perfect, but it's going to be a tall task to go to Boise and, and uh, get to earn that opportunity to do that first. So a uh, big one on the blue turf next week for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and so that that brings us to uh, basically a close on the regular season for football. But, you know, we still got a couple of podcasts left in regards to football. You know, you've got one that covers the championship game. And then, of course, we're going to have another one for the, the bowl game and and some other ones uh, sprinkled in here and there as we start to shift our gears towards basketball and Jackson. Let's do it. Let's 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 talk a little bit about basketball. What's the latest going on right now with Fresno State? I believe uh, you mentioned something about uh, a tournament happening. Yeah, um, interesting. Or you know, a good tournament they're in actually this week, but it's been a rough start. Uh, they do sit at one and three right now, um, and unfortunate news has been confirmed that freshman of the year for the Mountain West, Joseph Hunter, the Bulldogs four-star recruit from San Joaquin Memorial, is uh, out for the season with an injury he sustained right before the season opener. Um, So that is definitely not anything that's going to help this team uh, to overcome anything that they're going through right now. He's lost for the year. Uh, And again, they said at one and three, they most recently lost to North Texas, 61-52. to They lost to San Francisco at home, 67-60. And last week on uh, Veterans Day, they lost 61-54 to UC Santa Barbara on a neutral court in Santa Cruz. So they have uh, you know, not been blown out by any means. They've been playing, uh, which I think is important to note, they have been playing pretty solid basketball programs. Uh, North Texas uh, was a 25-win team last year. San Francisco went to the big dance. And UCSB uh, made it to the Big West uh, Conference Championship game in the tournament last year. So these are not um, walkover schools, much like last year. The Bulldogs loaded up on home games, won all of them by double digits. The schedule is not as easy this year. And the team is having a little bit of a tough time right now adjusting to life without Orlando Robinson. But uh, they are going to be in the spotlight a little bit this week. Uh, They're at the Wooden Legacy down in L.A., they're taking on Washington. Uh, so depending on when you're listening to this, the Washington game is Wednesday. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And then they'll either play St. Mary's or Vanderbilt on Thanksgiving day or night. Rather, it'll be a late game either way. So, uh, I mean, these are probably going to be two of the toughest games the Bulldogs play all year long. So <laughs> it might end up being a tough road trip unless they really turn the corner and, and figure something out down there and on a neutral court against these teams. Yeah, so this is, uh, you know, uh, it sounds like really bad news for the Bulldogs losing their four-star um, athlete there. Uh, what's life going to be without him, Jackson? Yeah, well, that's the one part of it is that they haven't had life with him. So <laughs> there's uh, not, no adjustment to make. Um, so that really doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can say what if, well, what would have the season been like if he had been out there, but uh, you won't ever get a taste until hopefully next year of, of what it would be like with him. Uh, I do think the Bulldogs need to get Jamal Baker clicking. Uh, he's probably their best ticket to having a scoring guard. 
that is a difference maker. Unfortunately, he, he also last year had a big injury himself. And uh, we know he's not quite at 100% right now. He's still working his way back. So you hope by conference play that he will be more of a factor than he is right now at seven points per game. But uh, the definite uh, influx of talent has been from Isaiah Moore, the forward from Southern Miss, averaging 12.8 points per game, 6.8 rebounds per game, has been a, a really pleasant uh, addition to the team this year he's leading the team in both categories actually so um not orlando robinson by any means but i mean he's been about as good of a replacement as fresno state could have expected it's just the guard play has not been able to take over the, the load yet and uh you'd hope hunter might be one of the guys that would do that but we won't find out for, if he would have been that guy this year unfortunately yeah this uh, doesn't sound like uh, things are going to go well for the Bulldogs this season. I don't know, Jackson. What What's your overall assessment? What you thinking? Um, in the pulse on the basketball team this year? Yeah, it's just um, you know I I don't think the team is as probably as deficient in talent by any means, but they're just playing a tougher schedule, and, and frankly, right now they're not as good as they were last year, which was not all that great over the top last year either. Um, but when you play this kind of schedule, I mean, they could be staring at one and six by the time they come back to, to Fresno in early December. That's possible. I mean, these two teams are going to play and the win legacy are going to be tough. And then they're going to play at UC Irvine. That's another tough game. So, um, I think this is a team that could figure things out and rally and be, I don't think they're going to get blown out very often if ever but uh, they're probably not going to be able to put up the record that matches last year which was also kind of leaving a, a, a lingering of you know a fan base that wants a bit more from their basketball program and um, I think it's going to be tough to draw a lot of buzz for this team but I think if you do watch them you're going to get a team that plays hard and is going to be in just about every game uh, it's just a matter of if they can find something to kind of get over the top and win these closer games and, and get a jolt in the offense, which has not happened yet. But teams typically look a lot different in February than they do in November, and hopefully this can be one of those teams. Absolutely. So we'll keep an eye on that and uh, and see how the, the, the basketball team progresses this season. Um, with that being said, uh, Jackson, any final thoughts? Yeah, uh, again, Black Friday sale. If you haven't taken advantage, if you're not already a member, uh, you can join in. It's only $27 for the whole year. You get 75% off. It comes out to only $2.24 a month. So if you want the insider, the stuff that we can't talk about on here, stuff that goes on the premium board and stays there, um, whether it is kind of breaking before other people find out later on or you know we also have a lot of exclusive info and updates and interviews and reports that no one else is ever going to see so uh, if you want that next level of your fandom and coverage of Fresno State I highly encourage you to take advantage of that and one of those perks we've got is we've kind of broken down what's going on with seniors if you notice Fresno State's got 32 seniors on the roster only 13 of them are going to be honored on senior day. It's a little complicated with all this COVID waiver stuff and super seniors and everything. So if you go on the VIP board right now, we've got a breakdown of who's being honored and uh, who is expected to come back and um, what exactly the Bulldogs are expecting to, to lose from this year's team. And 
Uh, so a good breakdown there and, and a lot of other stuff like that you can find on, on the premium board. Yeah, so if you haven't done so already, head over to thebarkboard.com and get all that latest news and updates there. Um, with that being said, if you're looking for Jackson, you can find him on Twitter at JacksonMoore247. You can find me on Twitter at Red, Red Wave Report. That's a mouthful. Um, and as always, head over to our Facebook page. Give it a like as well. Just look for the thebarkboard.com. And uh, if you haven't done so already, head over to thebarkboard.com and become a member of our premium and free uh, boards there. Uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us and join us again next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics.